1: Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth.
2: Hi. Hi, it's Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm so glad you're listening in. Welcome to The Visual Workplace, my weekly radio show where we explore and celebrate workplace visuality, letting the workplace speak. Every week we look at some aspect of that, of letting the workplace speak, either through a conversation with a master practitioner of operational excellence or an author or a company leader, or by my walking you through a lesson in some principle of seeing, thinking and implementing, because we're going to be looking at that as well, not just what visuality is but how do you implement it and implement it effectively how do you get the bottom line benefits and they are sizable 15 to 30% increase in throughput amazing really amazing measurable trackable results and also impressive cultural transformation so i'll be walking you through a lesson that i teach i share based on my experience my knowledge and know-how that i've been gathering over the last 30 years and uh and I think that this makes for a very interesting show we'd love to hear back from you if you find the shows interesting. if you want us to talk about something else it 's always been my hope that as we gather speed and as we share more about visuality and you share more about your visuality, that we can actually have conversations online that might even be a total call-in show where we do a clinic on the air where you talk about these problems you're having in your implementation or these problems in your cultural alignment, and we actually discuss them, diagnose them, and suggest improvements or adjustments on the air as a kind of total clinic. So we're not quite there yet. We're kind of setting up the base. We've done about uh, 10 or 12 shows now. Probably in another 10 shows, there'll be enough of a base for us to have a common understanding and then we can do these clinics, which I think would be very interesting, maybe once a month. That's always been my thought. So I have spent about 30 years, it's getting up there now, (laughs) 30 years in the field of visuality, continuous improvement to begin with and then within a couple of years, visuality came up on the horizon and I said, wow, this is something that I, I just want to keep discovering And for about the first 20 of those 30 years, I spent my time simply identifying, defining the field, a field which did not previously exist. I was looking for common elements and I codified them into what is becoming a single coherent system of logic. It's been such a pleasure. Before, visuality was thought of simply as a set of point solutions, some color coding here, an address or two, some lines on the floor, a Kanban card, an Andon light, some clever little pokeyoke system, mistake-proofing system. Very useful, yes. Revolutionary, no. Transformative, no. Just fragments, pieces, not connected. Visuality was not thought of as a system. And as I realized about, a, lang- uh, about a, a, a decade ago, it wasn't thought of as a language, an embedded language. Boy, that hit me. You know, i had been working it and writing six, seven books on this. And then it suddenly hit me that this is language, a series of intentionally designed devices. We call them visual devices that capture the operational intelligence, the operational meaning of the, the intelligence of the people who work. People who work, wherever you work, in a bank, in a factory, in a hospital, dry cleaners, it doesn't matter. And then the devices embed that intelligence into the physical work environment, the work setting. That's what the purpose of the devices are, what the purpose is, I should say. Visual devices are like words in a book. They convey meaning. That's their purpose, to convey meaning, both individually as individual words, but also in groups that you could think of as paragraphs and chapters, these systems of devices. And then books and whole libraries, which is your operational system made visual throughout the corporation and maybe across multi-sites, connected, and even up and down your supply chain. It's very, very exciting because visuality provides to us a capability for connecting informational pieces that remain in pieces unless we intentionally connect them. So... So, that's what we're going to talk about on the show in all of its thousands and diverse forms. And for me, this is an area of fascination, endless fascination and discovery. It is my work, it's my contribution, and I hope that you are inspired by what you uh, hear and informed and that you uh, move forward with your own visual applications. So today we will continue our discussion of the 10 doorways. This is a discussion we started about two shows ago when I walked you through an overview of the 10 doorways of this framework and delved a little bit more deeply into doorway number one, which is the 5S doorway. So we're going to go through a scan of the 10 doorways in a moment and then begin a deep dive into 5S. That will take several shows. But I also want to mention to you, uh, at the beginning, while well, we're just getting started, that our on-demand webinars are now available. I'm really excited about this. This has taken us nearly a year to put into form. The technol, <laughs> the technology almost defeated us. Honestly, you got to do it in WebEx, and then you got to put it in another format, and then you put it into the, to the uh, 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 platform, and then it pixelates all over the place, and the sound goes to heck. And oh my goodness, it's just been. Uh, you know, it's been a haul. But I'm very pleased because now, just now, there's six, but in a little while, there'll be 20 fundamental hour, hour and a half um, sessions in visuality so that you can begin to learn at your own desk what this is. We also offer custom webinars that can be projected on, long, on, on big screens and um, that will make it easier to train large groups, which some of our clients are doing both in Australia and Canada and even in the United States because it's the information and it's the information in the solutions, in the visual solutions, may I say in the pictures. That inform us once we begin to see those pictures in terms of their principles, we learn the principles, we see them active, and then we can take those principles and apply them to any situation we wish that 's the power of principles so i 'm very, very excited about this, and I want to call your attention to it. our on demand and our customer webinars, as i 've mentioned a few times, we have thirty or forty. 1,000 primary visual workplace solutions in our photographic database, and I am always looking for the very best teaching examples so that these examples are capturing principles of visuality. We are by nature, by our physical chemistry, visual thinkers already. We see our world as a world that has meaning, and we pull that meaning to us through the visual devices that populate our community spaces, our roads and highways, et Why not in the workplace? So you can find all of that and more on our website, visualworkplace.com. We also have standalone training packages in all of our webinars that are standalone, the PowerPoints. And this is the same material I use when I teach. I'm excited about this because, honestly, it's taken me about 15 years to figure out how to get this stuff out so that you can pull it to you when and as needed. I'm a slow learner in that respect, (laughs) The one thing I'm not is a marketer. Uh, I don't exactly know how to monetize this stuff, but I do I do know that it's very, very important. This high-quality learning uh, material is very important. So we're hoping that the radio and the website will uh, make up for all of my deficits in skill. <laughs> so let's go back to the 10 doorways. This is… A framework. I'm going to take you through a scan of it so you remember what we went through the last time and it just kind of triggers and then we can concentrate on doorway number one. So by way of reminder, the 10 doorways is a framework that names and defines a core group of visual functions or you could say visual outcomes and links those outcomes to specific organizational groups. That is makes those groups responsible for that outcome. So as we march through, you'll get a better picture. Let's look at doorway number one. I'm just going to give this a little kiss and a promise so that uh, you can place it, but this is the one we're going to go into depth today. Doorway number one is about the visual where, what you call 5S, what you call perhaps a workplace organization. I call it the visual wear, visual order. I also call it visual order, visual inventiveness. And also the name of my new book on this is 5S on steroids because it's very, very robust. It isn't just neat and clean. It's way beyond that. And this doorway is owned by value-add associates, whether those associates are in a hospital or in a dry cleaners or... In a bank, a factory, it doesn't matter. It's owned by people on the line doing value-add work. Okay? The second doorway, the outcome is visual standards. And they are the responsibility of engineers, managers, and supervisors. Those groups are responsible for accurate, complete, timely standards. And then they make them visual. Now, this is not to say that others cannot invent visual standards. Of course they can. But the group that's accountable, responsible for making sure that visual function is in place is the group I just named, engineers, managers, and supervisors. Okay? So that's their responsibility. And many other people will participate, but they're still responsible, held accountable for that visual outcome, that visual function. The third doorway is planner, is about visual displays and production control boards and i'll pick that up after the break so we're going to go into a break now and then uh we'll talk we'll complete the other doorways thanks
1: to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com.
0: Have you planned for your retirement yet? If you are a public sector employee, perhaps not. Studies have shown that employees of schools, educational institutions, governments, nonprofits, and public safety may lack the information they need to effectively prepare for retirement. For the answers you need, tune in to Lessons in Retirement. Retirement planning for public sector employees with host Jim Bishop. Broadcasting live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's sure to pay off.
1: Four seven two five seven nine zero, or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program.
2: Hi again. Hi, it's Gwendolyn, and this is the Visual Workplace. And today we are quickly scanning through the ten doorways that we went through in some depth in a previous show in order for you to understand how this framework works just to give it a little touch, and then we're going to go into 5S in some detail. So we were on doorway number three, which is owned by planners, supervisors, and managers, and the visual outcome is visual displays, production control boards. This is powerful. We're going to spend a whole show, if not two, on this. Very, very important. Visual displays is the glue that holds the organization together as it's making the transition from traditional work to speedy work, speedy, uh, what we call lean. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, uh, I'm not trying to avoid lean, but for some reason, speedy came out of my mouth, and I better clarify that lean, the lean paradigm. Doorway number five is, a, I'm sorry, doorway number four is the executive doorway. It is about visual leadership, visual metrics, visual problem solving, visual planning, the whole planning and execution function that happens on the executive level and is supported by managers and supervisors. In it is in is Um, the element called hoshin, but it is not just hoshin, It's more extensive than that. It's really a piece of cloth, if you will. It's really connected um, sub-methods allowing executives to be visual and be very, very effective, to connect in ways that doesn't require them to be present Doorway number five, supervisors, planners, engineers, and material handlers own this doorway. It is about the material world. It's about visual controls, controlling, putting limits in place, and visual pull systems. You might call it Kanban, but visual pull systems. Doorway number six is Pokeyoke Visual Guarantees, and I like to see that owned by engineers and quality technicians. Doorway number seven. Of the ten is about maintenance and the visual machine, letting the machine speak so we, anyone, can see what's wrong, can see that it's operating, and the maintenance crew can be assisted in repair. Doorway number eight is for the support staff, the visual lean office. We know that nearly 70% of all costs begin get triggered in the offices and support areas. Okay, so doorway number eight is there to help the office staff make their area speak. Doorway number nine, this is your special macro team. This is the team that is in charge of creating visual linkages between departments. And if you're multi-site, then between sites. It's a team of ace visual thinkers. Oh, It's just such good work because you're able to, in a sense, orchestrate the connectivity of your corporation and to do it through this very interesting paradigm called visual and the 10th doorway and we'll, we'll spend a whole show on this one as well is called the exam awards process and its purpose is to embed the principles and to Create and um, to establish and make sustainable a visual improvement language. This is a pretty elegant, pretty sophisticated level level of visuality, and we will describe what we did at Sears and uh, with their 8,400 trucks to pull those trucks together in some other show. So that's the scan, and you'll see a graphic of the ten doorways on our website, visualworkplace.com. You'll find a link on the home page. Okay, it's under uh, uh, um, Visual Workplace Radio um, Visual Graphics. You'll find it there. There's lots and lots of graphics from our shows. So the purpose of the Ten Doorways is to give you this framework of understanding that everyone is speaking this language called visuality. To become fully functional, you have to create a workforce of visual thinkers. Do you remember what visual thinking is? We talked about it in some of our earlier shows. Visual thinking is a person's ability, your ability in mind to recognize the enemy. And in visuality, it's called motion, moving without working. And the information deficits that trigger that motion and then to eliminate both through solutions that are visual, to eliminate both through solutions that are visual. So the collective outcome looks like a bunch of methods in place, but those methods are in service of of functional outcomes that are called visual order, visual pull system, perfect quality, etc., etc. So now let's move on. Let's circle back and begin our examination of 5S, 5S on steroids, We're going to put some fundamentals in place. We probably will only get through the first S today, and you'll see why. I want to kind of explain the system and its genesis. And if you are struggling with 5S, I want you to understand that in a way, it's not your fault. In a way, it's not, and and I'm hoping to kind of relieve some of your anxiety that you're doing something wrong and maybe steer you in the direction of where you can make a few little adjustments, a few little edits, and get things back on track, back and aligned with your original vision. Problem is, sometimes that vision wasn't wide enough, but we'll talk about that right now. So doorway number one is owned by Value Add Associates. This first doorway is the doorway that I call visual order. The process that we apply to create visual order is 5S, what I call 5S plus one, to produce the outcome called the visual wear. Another way to think of the visual wear is this. These are terms of art, so they're terms that I've concocted over the years, (laughs) Another way to think about it is automatic recoil. The ability of an item to find its way back home based solely on the visual information that you put in place. And there are three elements to that. There's a border, there's an address, and there's an ID label. So those are the three. But putting those in place happens Later in 5S, not at the beginning. So let's just talk about the history of 5S and, and again, shed some light on why it might be a little bit hard. So I, I don't want you to confuse visual order with industrial housekeeping or sometimes called workplace organization or the method 5S plus 1. That produces visual order with 5S, 6S, 4D, they are different. The differences are both in content, in the knowledge, and also in the implementation approach, how you apply that knowledge, what we call the know how. I don't mean to suggest that my little system is superior to all others, but I do know it very well, and I have had the opportunity to develop it through many failures and to amplify it and um, really establish it through many, many successes. There are several core elements that are distinctive and we're going to get to those. So these differences are important. I have seen many, many companies try to keep afloat a 5S application that is um, not that well constructed to tell you the truth. And not that well thought out. It's kind of like bought like a can off of the shelf. It's like a cookie cutter. And the implementation has not been carefully thought out either. The failures have been attributed sometimes to the workforce as compared to the methodology itself. So you get a... 5S that has a logic that's a little bit weak, and it tends to trigger the opposite result than what we want. Instead of building culture, and you may not have had this experience, but I'm talking across many, 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 many companies that I've been asked to assess and help or comment on, people are treated kind of like children, and they are kind of chided by weekly or monthly audits. Audits that don't inspire them, but just kind of weigh on them. People are asked to follow a set of pretty lightweight rules as though their lives depend on them or their jobs. And we end up asking, and I heard this many times, is that all there is? Is that all there is to 5S? Is this what it's all about? All this hubbub, all this effort, all this follow-up? Just make it clean and keep it clean, for heaven's sakes. For heaven's sakes, I tell my children that. Now I know why they push back. (laughs) It's so boring. (laughs) It's so boring. (laughs) I shouldn't be doing that to my kids. And I don't like it when people do it to me. We wish that it could be more. We wish that these improvement activities, 5S, even though we don't understand it well, we wish that it weren't a burden. We wish that it could be more. And it should be and it can be. And in many, many companies, it has been. But why not in all companies? So I'm going to kind of uh, start by looking at the language. We're going to look at the language itself. Since visuality is a language, let's look at the language that we're using to create the change that we say we want. The change that we call the five S's. Most of us know that the five S derive from five Japanese terms: seri, seiso, se, um, sorry, seri, seison, seiso, sekitsu, and shitsuke. The T, by the way, in shitsuke, is silent. If you pronounce the T, then you're cursing, and you don't want to do that, not even in Japanese. <laughs> I hope my I find my jokes funny. I certainly do. So early in the 1980s, shortly after I uh, jo- joined a premier a premier company, I was working for a company that was to become the premier source of operational uh, knowledge and know-how in the world. You may know it, it's called uh, Productivity, Inc., or it was at the time. I was in my second year, and we were getting books from Japan, acquiring books from Japan like crazy, and we had lots of translators running around the office. This is such an interesting story. And one of the translators walked down the hall one day and came into the office where I was and asked me and my colleague, Connie Dyer, to translate give, – give, give me five words in English that start with an S that mean something about keeping things clean and making sure it stays clean and shining it up and keeping it clean and making sure it stays <laughs> – the guy was lost – we said, okay, we'll work on that. Now, I was a Latin teacher. She was an attorney. That's my, my ancient history is I was a Latin teacher a long time ago, and I'll complete this story uh, when we come back. We're going into a break right now, and uh, I can hardly wait. Thank you.
1: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Each week, take a visit inside the locker room of your favorite sport with Dez Clark, Paul Fresh Clark, and Lester Scudder-Davis as they bring you sportsmanlike conduct. As a current player, Des Clark can bring you inside the sports world like nobody can. His co-hosts represent the fans of the sports world. With both points of view on the table, it becomes an engaging and entertaining program, to say the least. Sportsmanlike conduct can be heard Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program.
2: Hi, it's Gwendolyn, and we're uh, on the, at the, during the Visual Workplace. We're in the Visual Workplace radio show, and I'm in the middle of a story. And we're going to continue. Now, we're talking today about 5S in some depth that's going to take us three or four shows easily. To get 5S into its right framework. Whether we do that in a sequence, which I think I'll do, is yet to be determined. But it is a very, very interesting and elegant paradigm that can trigger tremendous business benefit 15 to 30 percent increase in throughput, in productivity, however you want to define that. And also, a complete cultural conversion. The reason that it can create a cultural conversion is because it is on the level of language, because we are changing the language, and language for us as humans holds meaning. We are changing the way information is shared, and even the clarity, the level, and the texture of that information, all of that impacts us. Think about how different language impacts you. Somebody's hollering at you or using the wrong words. It affects you entirely. Somebody is using the right words and in a soothing tone, making everything accessible. It affects you another way. But just the fact that information is available because of visuality liberates us. It liberates us from our tensions and our fears from our worries, from our hypervigilance. So just before the break, we were kind of setting up where did the translation of 5S come from and is it the one that we really want? Because this was interesting. This translator walked down the hallway in a company I was working in. This was 1984. I was sitting next to a new colleague, Connie Dyer, who was an attorney. And in my ancient history, I used to be a Latin teacher. And the guy says, hey, I need five English words that begin with S. I'll be back in about 20 minutes. And Connie and I sat there, and we thought, S, 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 oh, this is about cleaning. Oh, yeah, five S. we heard about that. But this was new, very new. And we came up with these words. Sort through, shine, set in order, something else, and sustain can't remember what that something else was, but that something else turned out to be a big problem. I tried to use that translation that we created for about eight years, and I failed. I failed because I couldn't get the people I was working with to pay attention to me. It was largely unimplementable. When I left productivity, to start my own company, I retranslated those S's into what I consider to be actionable, logical steps that produced reliable results. I'm not telling you this to share a nugget of my personal history or anything. I want to alert you to the fact that 5S makes sense in the language of your workforce, and it has to make sense. If it doesn't make sense, if it isn't connected in logic, it's going to be so hard to implement and you'll get stuck on the third S. The Japanese use 5S to establish and maintain a clear, clean and orderly workplace. They use labels and and lines and that works really well in Japan and in Japanese transplants. You know, Japan is a country where you eat lunch out of a bento box. Everything is orderly. Orderliness is not just a preference of the culture of Japan, but a requirement. You have gazillion people living on the islands of Japan and people better contain themselves properly. The United States is a different, even most places in the West is different because we have much wider expanses. It's amazing to me the intersect of the physical environment to our own mental constructs. So when we bring 5S... From Japan, when this happened, there is no guarantee that it's going to work well in Western companies. Even when an initial advantage is gained, it can end there. It can be unsustainable or it can require excessive effort to keep into place. For example, endless audits. Endless audits. I am not a fan of audits. I am not a fan of audits that audit the completion of tasks. I am a fan of audits, but I call them perhaps checklists or check sheets that look after the presence of principles. Because with principles, they're like seeds. You can continually create new from it. But with tasks, they're very close-ended. They're either done or not done. It's a yes-no. And yes, no responses do not trigger us as humans. They cut things off. Okay? Endless audits. As one of my clients said, I love this. We have a world-class audit, but it doesn't get world-class results. Bingo. So another thing is, and this was part of my failure in the 80s, I have never been very successful in rallying people around the notion of neat, clean, and orderly, or at least not enough to base an implementation on. As for getting adults to clean up after themselves, well, I'm not their mother, and they know it. And if I keep insisting, I begin to look like some other type of meddling female, you know what I mean. Hmm? When I would try to talk about the importance of cleanliness and order as an outcome, I couldn't help but notice that some people, usually the women, not always, but usually the women got very animated in favor of cleanliness and order and others just tuned me out and those were often the men. You know, you look like my mother. Wait a minute. The group was polarized even before we got started and I decided, you know, Neat, clean, and orderly was not a battle that I wanted to fight because I knew I was going to lose it. I might get people to do it. I'm an outside authority, not an internal one. I wouldn't be there to maintain it. But I could make them do my will if I wanted to because management stood behind me. But I didn't want that kind of an implementation. I wanted that power to come from within. I wanted people to want it, to love it, and to go further than I could ever imagined. And I was in the process of figuring out how to do that. I began to speak to people about implementing visuality while we were doing 5S. Installing the answers to questions. Installing the visual answers to questions. Beginning with the answer to the visual where. The cleanup part, as I explained it, was done in order To prepare the physical environment to hold visual information. And I never again tried to make cleanliness and clean independent outcomes. I'll get more into this as we move through the S's. I even sought a new name for 5S. Something that would inspire a different outcome. And that's why I called it visual order. 5S plus 1 visual order. I wanted to use 5S to do what it could do and that is to put the cultural groundwork in place for a truly empowered enterprise. So when I do 5S and I just want you to think about this, the focus is on workplace visuality as an outcome, not cleanliness, neatness or order. Those things happen but they're in service to a greater good. In visual order, As with all the doorway outcomes, the doorways that we've been talking about, the emphasis is on creating greater visuality in the workplace, not on promoting the method that produces it. Let me show you a parallel. The parallel, let's say, is, um, well, to tell you the truth, I used to wear a perfect size 10, not that many years ago. When I see my little black dress, a dress that I wore to a fancy dinner at Rolls Royce in the UK a number of years ago, it sits there surrounded by my 12s and 14s, ladies, that I currently use to cover my body, and I know to get into that perfect size 10 again, I'm going to need to eat a heck of a lot of cottage cheese and fruit. Yet, if I keep thinking about the cottage cheese and fruit and not the little black dress, and how fantastic I looked in it not so very long ago. I'm never going to get there. I'm going to get bored with the cottage cheese. I'm going to get bored with the fruit, and I am going to bail. What I have to do instead is to keep my mind, my thought, my heart on that little black dress that keeps me going. Why am I telling you this? you got to do the same thing with 5S. I want to make this suggestion to you, and just consider it. Instead of asking people to do another round of 5S, which to me is like asking them to eat some more cottages and fruit, look for ways to get them involved in the joy of change. Otherwise, why should they bother? Companies complain about their 5S initiative dying on the the vine. We can't seem to keep people interested, they tell me. Could it be because what you're asking them to do is so uninteresting, boring, (laughs) right? It's boring. Could it be that you are trying to motivate people by naming the method instead of the outcome? And that's a big part of why companies get stuck. It's 5S, 5S. When management fails to link 5S with visuality, 5S will almost certainly get implemented in isolation of the more advanced forms of visual information sharing. So if you want to jump over that pitfall, just do this. Change the name. Change the name to Visual Factory, Visual Hospital, Visual Machine, to Visual Doc, to Visual Warehouse. Or if you're like the folks at Lockheed, if you're really very uh, fond of your 5S, 6S moniker, then add 5S to it i'm sorry add visual to it my friends at lockheed we worked with them when they were challenging when they were challenging for the joint strike fighter um 2000 2001 very very they're cowboys there they're brilliant they move fast they get things done they round up those doggies they get them to the to kansas city they're amazing and we talked i said you know would you be willing to say, visual workplace instead of success. And uh, uh, Mark Swisher, who was in charge at the time, this long drink of water who was an engineer and was became the visual workplace coordinator, what a great job he did. He said, Gwendolyn, I like saying this. I like saying success, success. Did you get that? <laughs> success, success. <laughs> okay, okay. So we compromised and... Lockheed now calls it success visual, which I think is good. They changed the language and they got more people involved because visual is something we already know and it's something that we want to do. It's much more interesting. Make it visual. So change the language, change the result. We're going to go into a break now and we'll pick this up when I come back. I hope you find this interesting. I think I'm getting a little strident. I get so excited about this stuff. I'll try to calm down. See you after the break.
1: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. G? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. G airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. It's been said that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, so join us for Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program.
2: Hi, it's Gwendolyn. We're back on the Visual Workplace. We're talking about 5S. We're trying to sort out why 5S has been so challenging, and I'm making a few suggestions This is a field that I worked in for 15, 20 years, slugging it out with 5S and finding out what really worked and what produced extraordinary results. 5S is such a good opportunity for you to engage the workforce and to create your cultural transformation, but also to create on that level of the organization, a workforce of visual thinkers who are ready... Who are ready to go further and ready to um, and ready to get visual so what we were talking about before just before the break was changing the language and put putting visual into it that's just cosmetic but you will see a difference and it will change your mind about what you're really about and you'll begin to rightly question do we really want to just audit for clean and neat how do i move from clean and neat now that the workplace is prepared to hold visual information and get visual information in place. And I'm not just talking about what you call lines and labels. I'm talking about putting in place in 5S robust visuality, robust visuality that has to do with the visual wear, which is what those lines and labels are supposed to do. But I will tell you, and we can't go into it in depth right now, but we will get there, These lines that so many companies put down are so boring. They're so non-functional. They don't add anything except a little boundary around things. And, of course, people feel childish in putting it in place. Borders are a function. When you see borders, you see function. I've written a whole chapter on borders. 50, 60 pages. I've written a whole chapter in my new book, uh, Workplace That Makes Sense, Work That Makes Sense, I should say, <laughs> Work That Makes Sense, on addresses. In our webinar, we show 130 examples of addresses, and they're different enough to be interesting. There are categories of addresses. That becomes interesting. So let's move on to uh, just move, kind of moving through that we are preparing the physical environment when we do those first three S's. And I I translate it, sort through, scrub the workplace. And my third S is something called smart placement. All right. So let's go through S1. I'm not sure we're going to have complete time before the next break, but we may. In fact, the next break is the end of the show. So this first – in this first step in the process, all of you know, sort through, sort out. It's to get rid of the junk. Anything people say they don't want or say they don't need to support their work, these get removed. And I say they get removed from the field of value. You don't throw them out. That's one of the laws in my 5S You don't throw anything out. You just remove what you don't want or don't need from your value field based on your own opinion. And you locate them in a local red tag corner. Sorting through stuff and sorting it out is an indispensable first step in preparing the workplace for for visual information. And it can be a lot of fun. When done routinely, say once a quarter after the initial after the initial sorting, it is also a very good maintenance improvement maintenance tool. This tool works equally well for office environments, except that the uh, support staff generally prefer to name what they want to keep rather than what they want to get rid of. We can talk about that later as well. So S1. Sort is a simple and it is a powerful first step. It is also a step where you can begin to reorient the, the culture, the work culture of that department, of that team around the power of the I. The mistake that many companies make in moving to teams too quickly shows up when we do S1. Because we use red tagging as voting. Don't do this. And I know many of the companies that are listening have done it. You've been doing 5S for, for 10, 15 years. But if you're just beginning by some odd um, uh, quirk of faith that you just found out about 5S, don't turn red tagging into voting because you are immediately turning your back on your collective back on the primacy of the individual, of the I. And you diminish the ability of that individual, of that company to empower the workforce because you are already disempowering the I. The I is the power in empowerment. Teams will come when you have strong eyes and you can begin building strong eyes and getting a tremendous level of involvement by allowing that I to be in charge of the red tag this is a subtle point of a tremend- of tremendous implication voting automatically polarizes those who vote you see it in our country democrats and republicans we hate each other and yet we're all we're all supposed to be supporters of democracy we're all supposed to be loving our country you see polarizing voting polarizes that's implicit in its use individuals who do not have strong self-esteem who have not made their way back from the vagary and abuses the vagaries and abuses of the obedience model the command and control top-down approach will crumble under a vote they'll go numb or they'll go ballistic in other words you're immediately exacerbating people's limitations instead of supporting their powerful possibilities Why chance it? What do you gain in forcing the issue to a vote? I have a different approach, and it's an approach which is, um, could I say, you need some patience to implement so that you can learn how to do it and you can see what the benefits are. If red tagging is used as a proxy for voting, then the majority will rule, and whatever the fate of the item that you're voting on, everyone will know that nothing in the enterprise related to empowerment has fundamentally changed. It's just business as usual, the dominance hierarchy as usual, politics as usual, whoever has the loudest voice as usual. I want to make this point absolutely clear. To executives and associates alike, my position on this matter is unwavering and I say it like this I lied to you before when I said the first S is for sort through and sort out I lied it isn't the first S is for spirit the first S is for spirit it is for the spirit of the workplace the spirit inside of you but also the spirit inside of me and if you gag at the notion of spirit You can say the first S is for respect because that is the larger meaning behind it. But then people will think that you're illiterate. (laughs) So (laughs) it's your choice. When we say the first S is for spirit, we refer to the spirit of the change inside each of us equally. This is what our democracy is built on. This is the voice of the Founding Fathers. We can make it real in this little lousy thing we call red tagging. We can take that principle that we hold so close to our hearts and we can actualize it by not voting. When a company uses red tagging for voting, it turns S1 and the journey to the visual workplace into a battleground. The tribal majority will certainly win that battle. battle. The offending item will be removed from the area, but the war will be lost. The war against what? The war against waste. The war against motion. With all those hundreds and thousands of eyes that are intended to wage it. The victory of a fully empowered and unified enterprise will elude us, will escape. The victory of a fully empowered and unified enterprise will elude us again. And to that we say sigh. Oh, sigh. This is a great loss. So I need to close up right now, leaving you with the Chinese proverb that hits the nail exactly on the head the first step of the journey is the destination red tagging is the first step we have to do it right we'll pick this up in our n- next show please let us know let me know what you think at radio at send me your photos send me your visual solutions be in touch i look forward to the next time i really enjoyed this show we have much much further to go on 5s next week we'll have an interview the week after that, we'll pick up 5S here. Get the beginning part, and then you'll sail through the rest. This is the principle. This is principle-based change. Thanks very much. I had a great time. Gwendolyn signing off.
1: We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.